You are Locked On Zags, your daily podcast on the Gonzaga Bulldogs. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to another edition of Locked On Zags, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. I'm your host as always, Stephen Carr. Before we get started today, the NBA Draft, six days away, and the Locked On Network has you covered. NBA Draft GOAT Chad Ford, along with Locked On NBA Draft hosts Rafael Barlow and John Corrales will be live this year covering the NBA Draft. It's Locked On NBA Draft 2021, brought to you by Built Bar. Get local expert analysis on each pick. Follow Locked On NBA on YouTube today and watch our live coverage July 29th at 7 p.m. Eastern. Today is Friday, July 23rd, and today is another Gonzaga five-star Friday. And today on the show, we are talking to my family. We are in Florida. My wife and I are in Florida visiting my parents. It's the first time that we're seeing their new house. They have retired, and they have moved to Florida since uh, last uh, winter. And so we finally get a chance to come up here. Everybody's vaccinated and feeling okay. So here we are, and I decided, hey, why not? talk to them. My wife is a Gonzaga graduate. I'm a Gonzaga graduate. My brother is here with his girlfriend. My brother's a Gonzaga graduate. My parents have since adopted and loved Gonzaga. So let's talk about Gonzaga. So that's what we're going to do later on in today's show. Before we get to that, I want to get to a couple big news and notes uh, that came out on Thursday. And the biggest one is that Gonzaga will face UCLA in a four-team, multi-team event. The game will be in Las Vegas, November 23rd, which is a Tuesday. Uh, just a few days before they play Duke in Las Vegas on Friday. So it's a full t- a four-team, multi-team event, and the other team that they're going to play is Central Michigan. So they're going to play Central Michigan Monday the 22nd, and then they'll play UCLA the 23rd. For some reference on Central Michigan, each of the last two years they've been in the 200s on Ken Palm. Before that, they were 129 in 2019, and their peak was back in 2015 when they were ranked 80th. Uh, last season, they were 7-16. and 16. They play in the MAC, so not exactly a huge game for Gonzaga, but a nice tune-up leading into uh, the UCLA game the next day. Also in the multi-team event that Monday, UCLA is playing Bellarmine, who Gonzaga actually plays the week prior. So this is Gonzaga's schedule so far for the non-conference. They play Dixie State opening night, November 9th. They'll play Texas at home on Saturday the 13th. They'll play Bellarmine on November 9th. 19th, Central Michigan the 22nd, UCLA the 23rd, Duke on the 26th, Alabama December 4th in Seattle, Washington will be at home on December 12th, Texas Tech in Phoenix December 18th, and Northern Arizona at home December 20th. A game against Tarleton State is going to happen, but we don't know the date quite yet. So that gives Gonzaga 11 games, and based on Uh, The max amount of games that you can play with an MTE, I believe they've got four more games that they can schedule, and we'll see how many of those that they try to fit in here. They've got several dates that they can fit in uh, in December. The biggest thing to watch with this UCLA game is the battle for the number one seed in the West at the end of the season. And the winner of this Gonzaga-UCLA game is going to have a huge advantage uh, going into the postseason if these two teams are as good as everybody say uh, that they're going to be. The winner of this game is going to have a huge leg up the rest of the season trying to chase that number one seed in the West as opposed to getting shipped out possibly as a one seed somewhere else. One other thing I want to talk about uh, that came out Thursday is an article that Seth Davis wrote, and he talked to five NBA scouts, about 50 NBA prospects, 
and uh, they gave their anonymous critiques of these prospects. And one of them that I just struck a nerve with me was Joel Yai. And an NBA scout said this about him, quote, he's been around for a while and his game isn't very different from what it was when he came in. And if that is what an actual NBA scout has to say about Joel Yai, one, I would like him to explain what he means by that. And two, if that's what he actually believes, he doesn't watch Joel Yai enough or he should probably find a new job because that is blatantly incorrect. There isn't more than two or three other people in the history of Gonzaga who have improved more in a Gonzaga uniform than Joel Yai. So that was absolutely blatant disrespect for Joel Yai, and it kind of got under my skin a little bit, uh, and we had a little fun with it on Twitter. I know a lot of you kind of felt the same way. And then the last thing here is the opening ceremonies for the Olympics happen tonight. They're actually, by the time you listen to this, they're probably already over. They happen from 4 to 8 a.m. Pacific time live. Uh, you could probably stream it online or watch it on TV. I'm actually not sure how it's going to work, but the primetime opening ceremony replay is happening at 4.30 p.m. Pacific time. And Rui Hachimura is the flag bearer for Japan in the opening ceremonies in his home country. So a super, super cool honor. And I can't wait to see uh, Rui Hachimura as a flag bearer. Again, 4.30 start time for primetime opening ceremonies for the Olympics tonight. Rui Hachimura's first game will be Monday morning at 5 a.m. Pacific time. If you want to get up early and watch Rui Hachimura in Japan play in the, uh, their first game of the Olympics. Okay, that's going to do it for the news and notes. The rest of the show is an interview with my family, and I hope you guys enjoy it as much as we enjoy trying to make this as entertaining as possible. Before we get to it, today's episode and the NBA Draft Show coming up next week, sponsored by Built Bar, the best-tasting protein bar on the market. It's the amazing low-calorie, low-sugar, high-protein, high-fiber, amazing-tasting protein bar with 100% chocolate in all bars. If you're not sure which flavor you want, feel free to get a mixed box of multiple flavors. All of them are soft, easy to chew, and absolutely delicious. Not only do they taste great, but they're healthy too. They're great for the health conscious guy and also for anyone looking to lose or maintain weight while indulging in a delicious treat. Most Built Bars have 17 grams of protein, just 130 calories, 4 grams of sugar, and 4 grams of net carbs. Go to BuiltBar.com today and use the promo code LOCK15 and you'll get 15% off your next purchase. That is LOCK15, you'll get 15% off your next purchase at BuiltBar.com. Because it's Five Star Friday, I've decided to bring on my Five Star family. We're all in Florida visiting my parents' new house for the week and I asked them if they wanted to do this and they said, sure, let's get it done. So we've got my wife here who graduated Gonzaga in 2014 me who graduated in 2015 and my brother who graduated in 2018 and my parents who have adopted Gonzaga as their favorite team. We'll start with my wife and we'll talk about some origin stories here. Allie, why did you choose Gonzaga way back in the day? Didn't know anything about college sports. That didn't factor into it at all. Um, I applied, I got in, got a good scholarship. I toured in the middle of January and if you're not familiar with Spokane, January is notoriously a depressing month. Like it is cloudy and snowy and just kind of miserable. But the day I toured, it was 65 and sunny and everyone was so nice. They opened the doors for me. They helped me when I was lost. And it just like, it felt like home. And I just kind of knew kind of right away that, that was, this was the school. 
Austin, besides uh, enjoying following your big brother around your entire life, why did you choose Gonzaga? Uh, I wasn't going to at first, actually. It wasn't my first option of, of schools at the time when I was doing my college tours. I actually enjoyed my time at TCU. Um, I shadowed at TCU for a day. I took a, a tour around Baylor's campus, uh, St. Louis's campus, and Gonzaga. Um, those were the four schools that I, I really had the most interest in during my um, time applying for schools. I had safety schools at Oregon and Boise State as well, but those were never really going to be options. Um, and when I went and visited Fort Worth and Dallas, I really liked that area a lot. I'm a big football guy. I'm a football coach um, as a career. So uh, TCU's football program was a, was a draw to that school. Um, but when it came down to it, TCU gave me $3,000 in financial aid and Gonzaga gave me 20-something thousand in financial aid. So it would have been a fiscally irresponsible decision <laughs> to go to TCU um, over Gonzaga. So that's kind of where it, it landed um, between St. Louis and Gonzaga. St. Louis is another Jesuit school that um, I went to a Jesuit high school and the two of those um, schools gave me the most financial aid and I figured um, between those two I would have rather gone to Gonzaga and so that's where I went and I'm happy that that was the choice that was made because my time there was, was excellent. So my mom was the first one to take me to Spokane uh, as I was touring schools. My dad did not take me on my first trip but once we got back my mom kind of knew that Gonzaga was probably going to be the right spot for me. So, Mom, I want you to talk about your first experience taking me to Spokane, and then uh, my dad, you could follow up after that. Uh, his first experience in Spokane was actually fall family weekend my freshman year. He had never been to campus before, uh, but he kind of realized once he got there and he witnessed craziness in the kennel for the first time, um, that was kind of his first experience with Spokane. So, Mom, you could talk first about your first experience there. Uh, with me shadowing or uh, kind of touring the school and then dad you could follow up after that well I if I remember correctly Spokane uh, Gonzaga was our third uh, place that we had toured over the the week that we were looking at colleges we started at Western Washington University where we were thinking uh, basketball playing basketball might be an option um, we got lost in the forest looking at the dorms <laughs> Um, Bellingham was a really beautiful town, but I just didn't feel like that was the, the right place for you. Then we went to Seattle U, also very good school, but a little I felt a little too urban for you, um, and you didn't seem to have a, a good vibe for that. And then we went to Gonzaga, and I felt such a family home atmosphere there. Um, and maybe it's the Jesuit, you came from a Jesuit high school, and it's the, you know, the, the men and women for others, um, and the social justice, and, and all that Gonzaga offers. But I really felt when we left there that you had a good understanding of what it would be like to go there. And I could see in you that you were settled. And so that made me feel good knowing that you had sort of decided, even though you hadn't really decided yet, I could tell that that was the right college for you. And for me, like Stephen said, I was unable because of work commitments to be able to go with Stephen and my wife when he first moved in and toured. But I was fortunate enough to experience the craziness in the kennel on fall family weekend. And as exciting as that was, 
And as much fun as it was, I also got to see my son with his roommates for the very first time. And as a dad and your first kid kind of going away to college, you worry. And when my wife and I got back in our car, we kind of looked at each other after experience the craziness in the kennel, watching him in the element with his roommates and walking around campus. And we both looked at each other and said, he's in the right place. Let's try to lighten this up a little bit here with some basketball memories. And uh, I want to talk um, with Allie first because uh, she and I were kind of in that same era of basketball, that 2010 to 2012 spot. And in three straight years, there were just unbelievable performances from road players at the kennel. 2010 was Kawhi Leonard and Billy White with San Diego State came in, beat Gonzaga. 2011, Draymond Green and Michigan State came in. Draymond Green scored 35 and beat Gonzaga. And then 2012, Brandon Paul came in and scored 30 and Illinois beat Gonzaga. What do you, do you remember being at any of those games and what do you remember about those? So I went into Gonzaga not really knowing that we were a basketball school. Um, but I was righted right away. Like people told me, oh no, like we're legit. This is serious. Like we know our basketball. We're really good. <laughs> so San Diego State was one of the first games of my like college career that I went to. And I had really high expectations thinking that like, oh, we're a really good school. We're playing this random team that I didn't know anything about. We're going to win. And it's going to be great. And we go in there and we get like smashed. And I le remember leaving being like, I thought we were good at basketball. Like people were really hyped on this school. And they were like really into the culture of Gonzaga basketball. And I just like didn't get it until like we played like St. Mary's and like we did, you know, the tents and everything. But and then with um, the Michigan State game, I don't really remember the game and I don't really, really remember Draymond Green. But I remember this one random rumor, which Stephen probably remembers, too. The rumor was that Eminem was on campus. <laughs> and there was no factual basis whatsoever, but it went through the entire school and everyone was convinced that Eminem was on campus. He was not on campus. No one saw him. <laughs> but that is like a vivid memory in my mind that Eminem might have been on campus. Everybody was kind of hoping that he'd like show up at halftime and just like randomly come out onto the floor. Did not happen, but I do definitely remember that. You were also studying abroad. Mm during uh, the 2013 NCAA tournament and you guys all woke up at, in the middle of the night to watch them lose to Wichita State. What was that night like for everybody? Yeah, so we uh, we were traveling in Slovenia at the time. We did. I was at uh, Gonzaga in Florence, but we were in Slovenia at the time. And we stayed up until like 2 a.m. and we were really hyped. We were like, yes, this is our year. We had just been like number one for the first time ever. We missed Gonzaga Day. We missed the number one cake. And this was like our time to actually like watch the tournament and we lost and they were like, <laughs> well, obviously we lost, but um, there were like 30 kids in this tiny hotel room watching the game on like a 15 inch laptop. And we all just were like silent the entire time watching it because we were so hyped and we were so convinced that like we were going to win the championship 
and we lost real quick. So that was, it was really depressing. Another depressing game, Austin uh, was in the student section 2017, Gonzaga's 29-0. I'm working the game against BYU. Like I said, you were in the stands and I texted you when Gonzaga went up like 15 immediately and I was like, get these dudes off the court. And then obviously BYU came back and won the game. Do you remember what the student section was like that night as they were, as you guys kind of figured out that that game was lost? Um, it was a lot of trash talking uh, to the BYU players on the court and them giving it back to us twice as hard. And it was <laughs> about as depressing of a game as you could imagine, um, especially because it was a tenting game. And I spent the entire night leading up to that game with not even a blanket in about 20 degree weather. Um, and it was all hype. We brought signs into the kennel that said, call us the boo dogs because we don't take L's. Okay. And then we ended up blowing that game. Um, yeah, it was not a good look um, whatsoever, that game. It was, that was the only game I went to that season, too. So that was, that was a rough um, regular season game, that is. Let's talk uh, about the good stuff because six weeks later, you were in the student section in Arizona at the Final Four. Um, what do you remember most about that weekend, if you still remember that weekend? Oh, there's a lot of good memories from that weekend. The first, uh, the final four game against South Carolina, a mm -hmm. um, lot of good to remember from that game. We ended up, so the way Gonzaga did it, and I think it's just an NCAA thing, um, it was a raffle, not really a raffle, but like kind of a, everybody had to get on the internet at the same time and try and get a certain, I think it was like 500 or something student tickets that were free, which I thought was crazy. Um, but I remember my whole house, I lived in a house with four other, um, four other guys and our whole house got on the internet at the same time, right when it hit that time and three of us got tickets and two of us didn't. And I was lucky enough that I ended up getting the tickets. And then once we got the tickets, it was like, okay, crap. Now we need to find a way to get to, to get to Phoenix. Um, <laughs> yep. and so we ended up looking at flights and flights were just out of Spokane were crazy for that weekend. And so we ended up having to take a rinky dink plane from Missoula, Montana to Las Vegas, um, had a 10 hour layover in Las Vegas where we just walked the strip, gambled and hung out there, basically had a whole day in Vegas and then took a plane from, um, from Vegas to Phoenix and then met two of my housemates who flew from Spokane to LA and drove from LA because he lived in LA from LA to Phoenix. And they picked us up at the, at the airport. It was crazy. Um, but yeah, the, the South Carolina game, a lot, a lot of good stuff. We had people that were in the, in the stands crying after the game, just like, because that was the first national championship we had, ever, well, first final four and then first national championship we had ever been to. Um, and then we had people also crying the game after that for other reasons. <laughs> but yeah, I think honestly, the, the negative memories probably stick the most in my head, um, as a, a person that's a competitor and has played sports and coach professionally. Um, the biggest memory I have is, was it is a, the Jackson kid, Justin, or what was his name? Yeah, Justin Jackson. Jackson. Dunking the ball at the end of the game, running right at me. Um, I had basically a front row seat in the student section and him icing the game after we had been winning the entire game. Um, yeah, that's a sour taste. 
and that's one that probably will stick with me as a fan for a long, long time. The losses always seem to sting more than the wins are celebrated, especially as a competitor, as a coach. All right, I want to get Dad back in here. A couple weeks prior to that, we were at the Sweet 16 and the Elite Eight games in San Jose because uh, the arena was 10 minutes from our old house in San Jose. So we watched the Jordan Matthews shot. We watched Gonzaga cut down the nets and get to their first Final Four. We went down to the tunnel where all the players were exiting to get back to the locker room. And I distinctly remember you yelling, let's go, to every single person who was walking through that tunnel. And I very, very vividly remember you shouting, let's go Thane, when Thane McCullough walked through the tunnel. (laughs) How cool is it to see that entire weekend in person? Well, I got caught up in the moment. What can I say? It It was a fun experience. And uh, I wouldn't trade it for anything in the world. And just to be able to share it with you was, was a good time. And both parents can kind of chime in on this one. I was able to convince them to go to Vegas for the WCC tournament. I believe the first one we all went to was 2017. And we've been going back every year since. Dad, you can kind of start with this. What was it that made you kind of fall in love with that week? And why do you keep going back? Well, just the whole atmosphere it's basically 85% Gonzaga fans, I believe. And TGI Fridays becomes TGI Zag family uh, from basically three o'clock in the afternoon or sooner if the girls are playing until midnight. And the atmosphere in the hotel, both before, during, and after the game is all red and blue. You have beads around people's necklaces at the blackjack tables, and you have the whole arena uh, just going crazy for the Zags. And um, like you said, we started about, you know, five or six years ago, and we've been going ever since. And and we actually were were the last ones to see that tournament before COVID hit. That was, I think, uh, the last tournament that was played uh, before COVID hit in March. And, uh, you know, we can't wait to uh, look forward to go back and do it again next year. Yeah, pretty much said it all. I think that the community spirit there, it seems to me like the whole town of Spokane shows up and represents and represents well, win or lose for both the women and the men's teams. Uh, it's super exciting to go to all the games and the big party that they have, the sort of the pregame outdoors beforehand is a whole lot of fun to go to. And the Orleans does a great job there every year hosting and just the, just the, whole, the whole event, it's all about Zags. Okay, here we go. Rapid fire, two questions to finish off this thing. Favorite Gonzaga player, mom, go. I like defense, Brandon Clark blocking shots. Uh, Kelly Olenek, he bought me Taco Bell once. I'm gonna go with Joella Yai. Hands down, Rui Hachimura. Favorite Gonzaga game or moment, whether it's in person or on TV? Mom, go. The Elite Eight win in San Jose. Um, My first St. Mary's game where we tented and my tent got like second row. I'm gonna go with Gonzaga beating Duke in the Maui Invitational. I would say WCC tournament game when Killian Tilly hit like eight or 10 threes in a row and just went off. I'm going to go ahead and agree with Austin. One of my favorite all-time moments is the Gonzaga-Duke-Maui Invitational Championship game. Okay, no, you got something else? What are you going to say? I want to add something to that. Go ahead. So we were in the airport, Mike and I, when that game was going on. I was there too. Oh, you were there too. So we watched it 
on the TV, just random TV in the middle of the airport, and we were going crazy. And the next thing I know, there's like 20 other people <laughs> there. Oh, who are you rooting for? Who are you rooting for? And there was probably 18 people rooting for the Zags and two Duke fans off in the corner. <laughs> so it was spectacular. Okay, guys, I appreciate all of your stories that you guys shared. I really appreciate you doing this. I don't think it was too bad. What do you think? Pretty easy. Pretty easy. All Enjoyed right. It. Love you guys. Thank you guys for doing this. Go Zags. Okay, there they go. The Carr family. Hope you guys enjoyed a little insight into uh, my life and my parents, my wife, my uh, little brother. And uh, I hope you guys found it at least somewhat entertaining, something to get you through your Friday today. Coming up on Monday, we are back to five days a week through the season. And on Monday, we are starting up a little bit of some preseason content. If you want to call it offseason content, preseason content, I'm not sure which, but we're slowly going to get into more and more preseason stuff. And this idea actually came from a listener as we were doing our player reviews from the end of last season. Uh, they told me, why not do a segment on what each player needs to do to uh, kind of get more playing time and have a better season next season. So that's exactly what we're going to do. Starting Monday, we're going to do a series for each player on the men's and women's team called The Path to Playing Time. And each player, we're going to analyze their weaknesses um, and kind of say, if they improve in these areas, this is a way for them to get on the court more. So that's what we're going to do starting on Monday. We'll do that Monday through Thursday of next week. And then next Friday, we will talk about uh, the NBA draft that happens on Thursday night. No guest, I don't think, next Friday for Five Star Friday. Instead, it's just going to be an analysis of where all the Gonzaga players head in the NBA draft on Thursday night. Speaking of of that draft on Thursday night. Right now, you can cover the Ultimate Mock Draft 2021 presented by Locked On and Odyssey. You can listen to it right now. It, just an absolutely fantastic work uh, by our team. It features analysis from the GOAT of NBA Mock Drafts, Chad Ford, and Odyssey NBA expert Brian Scalabrini and former general manager Brian McDonough. Our Locked On NBA local experts will make selections and trades for your favorite basketball teams throughout this week-long special event. And you can also find me on the show as I talk about Jalen Suggs and Corey Kispert. Search the Ultimate Mock Draft 2021 on the new Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. Odyssey is your audio home for all the sports, podcasts, music, and news that matter to you. That's Odyssey, A-U-D-A-C-Y. Don't forget, you can also rate and subscribe to this podcast. Because it is Five Star Friday, I would very much appreciate a five-star rating for the show. You can follow me on Twitter at SCargo. That's at S-K-A-R-R-G-0. Follow the podcast on Twitter at Locked On Zags. If you want to email the show with any ideas or stories that you want me to share with the listeners, feel free to do so. It's LockedOnZags at gmail.com. Everybody enjoy your weekend. We will see you back here on Monday morning. And as always, it's, it's a, a great, great day, day to be a Zag. Zag.